Welcome to the Soybean Pod, brought to you by South Dakota soybean farmers and their checkoff. I'm Tom Stever, discussing the incredible soybean, the people who grow it, and why that crop is so important. An introduction to soybean course is being offered periodically to potential foreign buyers of northern grown soybeans. The introduction to soybean course, shortened to IntSoy, provides an overview of many aspects of the soybean industry. It explores new ideas for soy-based foods and snack foods, soy as animal nutrition, and an overview of soy production in the U.S. The course is held at the headquarters of the Northern Crops Institute. The Northern Crops Institute is actually a four-state entity. We are located in Fargo, North Dakota, on the campus of North Dakota State University, but we represent the producers in agriculture as well as value-added processing in Minnesota, Montana, North Dakota, and South Dakota. My name is Brian Sorensen. I am program manager at the Northern Crops Institute. We achieve our goal by providing educational services and technical services to really promote the crops. So, for example, we have educational programs like short courses, webinars, workshops to help people understand, for the most part, overseas buyers, understand how to purchase the crops that are grown in our region, as well as understand how to properly utilize them and get the most value from them. We also have technical services that can help someone make a a new food product or animal feed product or improve a product and help them get more value out of the crops that we produce. So those are kind of the two directions from which we really help regional agriculture. Part of this is that you serve the soybean community. What exactly is this program? Sure. The program is called IntSoy, and it's short for Introduction to Soybean. The way that we have been running this course now for, I think, six or seven years at the Northern Crops Institute is to bring people from different export markets around the world, bring them to our region so that we can help them understand more about how soybeans are produced, how they're transported, how they're processed, how they're utilized, and to kind of show not only you know, that we got a great crop, we got great quantities of soybeans, but we want them to see, they want to talk to farmers, talk to processors, to see that people really can put a lot of effort into producing a really good crop and producing a sustainable crop that people around the world can utilize to feed their people, whether it's human food or through animal feed. Who are your clients or students in this case, those who attend your learning sessions? Yeah, good question. Those that attend our courses tend to be people that maybe are a little newer to using soybeans. It might be from a country that is maybe just starting to import soybeans, or maybe they've been importing soybeans, but they're looking at increasing the amount In some cases, it might be some people interested in using soybeans that are made or provided through the identity preserve type situation. So we get kind of a broad range of people, but it's typically from expanding markets. We work very closely in the last few years with the WISH organization. That is the World Initiative for Soy and Human Health. That's a program 
provided by the American Soybean Association. And that program identifies emerging markets for soybean exports. And so they're helping to develop these markets and bringing entrepreneurs to the NCI so that they can see these things firsthand and interact with all the different people that we have presenting and giving tours and things. And it's really a great opportunity for them. It's kind of like an immersion type program in a way. They spend a full week and it's a busy week, but we help them see as many different aspects of the whole soybean chain so that they can help drive ideas in their heads. That's the kind of the main goal and the main clientele for this group. What would you say are the specific types of training that are taking place during this week? I would sum it up in a couple of different ways. The primary training is to help them see, the again, how soybeans are produced, the nutritional value of soybeans, and then also how they're maybe processed. So we actually had presenters giving lectures on what is a soybean made of? What are the components? What are the nutritional value of the soybean? How does that help for animal nutrition as well as human nutrition? And then we give demonstrations on taking soybeans and and making soy milk, and then maybe also making tofu. We also had a demonstration on making tempeh, which is a product more native to Indonesia. And so for people from different countries, these are new products to them. And even if it's something they've been making, just seeing how we utilize it or the quality of the soybeans has an impact on the quality of the soy milk and tofu. But we also take the whole soybeans and, and extrude them to make a full fat soy meal for animal feed. So we do a number of different types of, of lectures, but then we do a lot of demonstrations so they can see firsthand how these things are handled and processed. And I can say from participants that were part of this program this last week, you could just see the kind of their, the gears turning in their heads because, you know, some were involved in human nutrition. One of the groups had several people attending were part of a program that produces what's called therapeutic foods for children that have, are in malnutrition situations. And them thinking, okay, you know, could I do this to make my product better? Or maybe I could incorporate this to make an even better product. You know, so all the different people come to us with a different goal, a different idea of what they make and what they would like to get out of the program. And so each person at different times, you could see we're picking up on the information that we provided, like I said, either through lectures or demonstrations or tours at some of the plants and processes that we visited. So it's really quite an exciting time. I, I really enjoy the course. I'm really tired afterwards <laughs> because we, you know, we start off in Minneapolis and, and we tour a couple of places on the way. We visit a farm. We go to Fargo, intensive two days of training and lectures and tours. And then we head for Brookings for a couple of days and, uh, and more tours and training and lectures. So we get done. We're tired, but I've already received a couple of emails from people saying how awesome the training was and how much they appreciated it. But they admitted they were tired. But to be able to put that much information in a week really helps them because a lot of people can't get away for much more than a week. You know, a lot of people, they all, I could commit a week, but you know, if you have to do it a week and a half, two weeks, a lot of people just can't commit that amount of time. It doesn't matter which market you're in. We really pack it in, but the participants at the end of the week. Year after year, they really appreciate what we've done, and, and the feedback has always been fantastic. 
I understand that one of the presenters was ADM. I'd like to ask you to perhaps recall some of the specific food products that they talked about that are possible from soy. Well, the person that spoke to us from ADM was Leila Venzer, and she works in the meat applications division for ADM, and they provide different soy isolates, concentrates, and, and also maybe some flour, soy flour products that specifically help with, one, just improving a processed meat product, an animal meat product. By some markets, they would add soy for as an extender, but even in U.S. market, they have items that can help make a better gel that would go in to help make a better salami or bologna or, or things like that. So they have a quite an array of different set of these soy isolates and concentrates, which help the meat processor produce a better and actually even less healthier food product with actually some improved food safety capabilities as well. What generally would you say are the primary takeaways from int soy sessions? The primary takeaways from my perspective that the participants will leave this class with is just really the capabilities of soy in so many different products, as well as the fact that the United States produces high quality soybeans and that they see all of the the effort that every step along the way goes through to produce and provide that high-quality soybean. What would you say is the overall purpose of int soy? What's the hoped-for outcome in this? The overall purpose and, and the goal and for you know outcome is really just to help people around the world understand how to better utilize soybeans to improve the health and nutrition of the people in their countries. And why should a country have a delegation attend in soy? You know, when you're in another country or you're from another place, it's like anything. It's like if you go on vacation somewhere, you know, it isn't until you actually go there that you really can gain an appreciation for that area. And sending a delegation here helps them to actually learn firsthand they see it for themselves, you could say. Some people say, oh, I can just Google it. I'll just find Wikipedia and I'll read up on it. But until you get your boots on the ground, you get people in, in locations and talking to the people that really make the decisions and provide the quality and the, the quantity of the, the crops that we produce here, it isn't until you really get a chance to have conversations with those people and really learn. That's when really the the real learning takes place. Give us an idea of who attends. Is it food manufacturers, marketers, farmers? The people who attend the InSoy course are kind of a broad array. We have some that are like nutritionists from the animal or human side. We have people that are ingredient buyers for a company. We've had government officials. We've had Someone, you know, from like from a nutritional standpoint, we have people attend that are for a school lunch program in an export market. We've also had people that are production management in a food company. We've had a number of different entrepreneurs, someone looking to produce a new product and kind of wondering, you know, would soy be something they could focus on? So it it really is a, a broad 
array of people who attend this course. And it's different every year, but it's interesting how we get this broad spectrum of participants. What is it about in-soy that perhaps could strengthen future soybean demand? Well, I think soy in-soy can help bolster future soybean demand by helping people in these emerging markets understand the value of soybean and what it can do in their countries and for their companies. And so the, you know, the sooner we can get them to understand that, the quicker we can get them moving towards being routine buyers of our soybean because we want them to be successful. I think that's another ultimate goal of this course is that the people who come to the InSoy course, we want them to go back and we want them to be successful. We want them to be able to produce new products or solve problems that they've got, whether it's nutrition or food quality or anything like that. So we want them to be able to be successful. And also, I have a question that's really just for my curiosity. The Northern Crops Institute, of course, deals with crops that are grown in northern climates, northern latitudes. How long has it been since that has included soybeans, considering that there's been a northward and westward creep in soybean acreage? You know, that's a good question. And I get that question asked a lot. Soybeans, you know, were grown in southern Minnesota, you know, going back even, I think, in the 30s and 40s, because the CHS plant in Mankato has been around for a long time. Soybeans obviously moved north into South Dakota, North Dakota, and northern Minnesota. There was, you know, kind of a push kind of in the in the 50s, 60s, and then it kind of backed off a little bit and then, of course, really kicked into high gear in the 90s. For example, my... Um, my grandfather was from a farm north of Moorhead, Minnesota, near Cragness, and uh, he was actually involved with the University of Minnesota going back, getting close to 50 years now, and maybe even longer ago, <laughs> to actually providing an area for field plots for, for the soybean breeding program at the U of M. So there's been a lot of effort for a long time. But, you know, really in the last 20, 30 years that we've seen this expansion in acres and production, that's really been quite phenomenal. I would like to add that really the support that we get from across the region, but specifically from South Dakota, from the South Dakota Soybean Council, the South Dakota Soybean Growers, South Dakota State University, really are a big help for this, not only helping to sponsor the program, but also to provide speakers and lecturers and venues for us to really tell that story from a regional standpoint. Brian Sorensen is with the Northern Crops Institute in Fargo, North Dakota. The Soybean Pod, covering this incredible crop, those who grow it, and the many ways it's used is available wherever you get your podcasts and at sdsoybean.org. Brought to you by South Dakota Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. We're also on the air on the South Dakota Soybean Network. Thank you for listening. I'm Tom Stever.